0: Aren't you glad that he's our shield, our strength, our portion, deliverer, strong tower? But that preach—that'd be a good sermon, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I'm so grateful for the work of God in our lives. Uh, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter one and beginning in verse nine. My sister was walking my dog. The dog liked her better than it did me. And uh, she was taking it to the park, and, and the dog, he's a little Cocker Spaniel, sees this other dog across the park, and all of a sudden, just fury filled his heart that any other dog would dare to be in that park but him. So he jerked really hard on the leash, and my sister let go. And he tore off across the park, and there was a German shepherd across the park. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen a dog do. But he he hit his rump with his mouth and bit him about five times up the side just like that. And that dog went, whoop, and ran off running. it's funny, this little cocker spaniel chasing off this big German shepherd. Uh wasn't very good judgment on the part of the cocker spaniel i don't think Um, you know it's important that we have good judgment isn't it in life and especially in spiritual things and if we're to do the work of god and we're to accomplish the things of god that god has given us to do uh, we need to have good judgment and so god has given some directives i believe here uh, that can be some biblical principles that can help uh, to make good decisions, and to have good judgment in our lives. And, and of course, good decisions are important personally. Uh, they're important in our families. They're important in our church, um, in every area of life. And so there's some good uh, practical things here uh, for you here tonight. Uh, we need to look to God and His Word and His direction for so we can have good judgment in life. All right, Uh Let's begin reading in verse 9. The time my message is how to have good judgment. I said to you at that time, I can't bear the responsibility for you on my own. The Lord your God has multiplied you so much that today you are as numerous as the stars in the sky. May Yahweh, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times more and bless you as he has promised you. But how can I bear your troubles, burdens, and disputes by myself? Appoint for yourselves wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, and I will make them leaders. Uh, You replied, what you propose to do is good. So I took the leaders of your tribes, wise and respected men, and set them over you as leaders, officials for thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and officers for your tribes. I commanded your judges at that time, hear the cases between your brothers, and judge rightly between a man and his brother, ...or a foreign resident. Do not show partiality when deciding a case. Listen to the small and great alike. Do not be intimidated by anyone, for judgment belongs to God. Bring me any case too difficult for you, and I will hear it. At that time I commanded you about all the things you were to do. And so Moses is remembering back to the time when his father-in-law gave him some advice. Moses was from morning till night... With the people of God, uh, trying to help them with their disputes and their problems. And uh, he was wore out, and the people were standing for hours on end waiting in line to speak to him. And so his father in law said, What you are doing is not good. Uh, it's going to wear you out, it wears the people out. You need to delegate um, to some wise people and let them help you in this work. And so, uh, in how to have good judgment, the first principle that I think we see here is that we need to use delegated judgment. In other words, um, we can get more done together as we make decisions than we can by ourselves. Um, I think God has designed us all differently on purpose because He wants to use us in different ways in the church. Uh, The Bible says God has given us gifts, the Holy Spirit has given us gifts. To each one according as he desires. And so the spiritual gifts that you have and that I have are given to us by the Holy Spirit for God's express purpose. And so that means that I'm not responsible to do everything in the church and neither are you. Uh, As we do uh, work together, uh, there's, there's some things that God has gifted you to do that you're better gifted to do than I am. And so, as I let you make decisions, that's one of the things I love, is to have somebody who knows more than I do about something, uh, and I say, "Hey, uh, you know more about this than I do. Make a decision, and uh, let's do this." And so, uh, that's what Moses is doing, and he's he's got a shared shared work. And sometimes we can take take and keep too much for ourselves, um, and and we can do more as we um, uh, share the workload. And so. Moses says, I want to delegate to these wise and discerning men, Um, and they were willing to be delegated to. Some of you have leadership gifts. If you've got leadership gifts, chances are you're going to be doing delegating. Um, You're good at getting people to do a a certain task and to follow you in leadership. You're going to delegate task to them. But if you've got gifts like maybe the gift of helps, chances are somebody else is going to be delegating to you. And so in um, the body of Christ, working together, being willing to be delegated to sometimes, and being willing to delegate, both of those things are important to the body of Christ. And uh, as we work together, we can, we can do things more efficiently. Um, it's interesting that Moses should mention this. He's, he's trying to prepare them to go into the promised land. And of all the things he could mention, why does he mention this? I mean it the first time I read it, I was like why is he why is he talking about this? He already talked about this earlier, uh, but I believe he's trying to remind them of the importance of good judgment in life and the fact that shared judgment is important too. Delegated judgment is important too, and so um, this can be true in the, in families right um, uh you each God has gifted you differently, and uh, some of you are better at some things at home than others. And uh, So you can split those things up, and you can be more efficient. You let the one who's good at it do it, and, uh, and it ends up being uh, a better thing. It works better. Um, I've seen that in my family. Uh, there's times that uh, I've recognized, sure, he's better at me than this. In this and and so uh, you know I said would you do this and she says yeah you know and some things she says I don't want to do this would you do it <laughs> and uh, and I'm better at that you know and so it works well uh, it, it, God said I will make a helper suitable uh, a helper suitable for Adam uh, in other words God fashioned and designed a partner for Adam that would complement him and provide things that he was lacking. And I think that's one reason why opposites attract, because uh, God has designed us to be attracted to those people that provide those things that we lack, Um, and and it works better. So, um, this can work in families, this can work at your job, if you've got uh, different different, uh, roles and responsibilities, uh, as you delegate to others or they delegate to you uh, and you share that work it, it gets done more efficiently so um, he's reminding probably Joshua Joshua you're going to be a leader don't make the same mistake I made when I tried to do it all myself uh, you share the workload with those around you same thing happens in the New Testament you remember um, uh, the church is growing they've got thousands of people are being saved uh, God's adding every day those who are being saved uh, to the church and finally it got just so big that that uh there were people getting overlooked and the, the grecian widows began to grumble and and the, they said hey you know you're taking care of the jewish widows you're not taking care of us and and so the you know the the hebrew uh speaking uh, jewish people uh and we want to be taken care of as well and so this, there was this issue and this problem so what do they do they said well we don't need to neglect the word of god to wait on tables, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you as a, as a body to appoint seven wise, uh, godly uh, men who, who uh, can help in this matter. And so they appointed the first deacons, and those deacons helped in sharing that workload. So that the, And the Bible says the church increased and grew, and many were added to their number. Why? Because they followed this principle of delegated judgment. And uh, and so and delegated work and so uh, so important to share the work of God. Uh, some of you are better at encouragement than I am. Some of you are better at mercy. I don't have the gift of mercy. I, I can show mercy, okay, and and sometimes I'm required to do that. It's part of my part of what I do in ministering to people, but. I'm not a gift of mercy person. My sister is. I mean, she will, she will sit down and, and just, I mean, empathize. She empathizes uh, in a way that, I, that I'm not able to empathize. And so um, each one of us has those unique gifts. Use the gifts that God has given you as a part of the shared work of the body of Christ. And guess what? The purposes that God has for South Clinton Baptist Church... We'll go forward as we use the gifts that God has given us. And shared ministry. So important. So, um, delegated judgment. Uh, So, by the way, this also applies. We're speaking of judgment. And I've been talking about delegated work. And and this is delegated work that's talked about here. But it's also delegated judgment. And so, uh, the Bible says, In the multitude of counselors... There is safety, and so um, as as we uh, consider things that we're going to do, um, that are big decisions, it's good to have more than just a couple of people making that decision. To have some people with different different gifts and, and with different perspectives to come in and provide input uh, to that decision, uh, and so and maybe even to separate for example, if you got a construction project to separate it out and have this person in charge of this job and this person in charge of this job and this person in charge of this job and so they're all making decisions but there are wise people that have been placed over the, and it and it gets done more efficiently um, so judgment recognizing that that the fountain of wisdom doesn't just have have to come from one place uh, we can have others in the body who help. Um, I, sometimes I tell people when I visit, I you know I I will often have somebody say, "Well, you know, I was wondering when you'd get around to come to my house, you know, and uh, you know you're finally here. It's been it's been a while." And uh, and my response to them is, uh, "I'm kind of the the ER guy, <laughs> you know. I go where the the emergency is, and a lot of times if I'm going where the emergency is, I'm, I don't have time to go." here and so sometimes this gets put on the back burner and but uh uh if there's an emergency in your life i plan to be there you know and uh but but think about this the attention that that one person can't give everybody in the body you guys could and so as you interact with these people you know there's maybe a need and some of you do this and and i hear i'll go and and you know i'll visit. well, I give you for example, uh, Miss Plyman. I'll go visit Miss Plyman. She's a shut-in, and um, and she'll tell me, uh, "Yeah, uh, I got a card from Cora Lee, or I, uh, or uh, Mary Lou came by the house this, this week and and uh, you know spent some time with me, or you know." There's several she's mentioned. Uh, Betty Sorrels is another one she's mentioned, you know. And I'll hear about all these these different members of the body. You know that is awesome. And what is happening is the people of God are being ministered to in a in a better, more quality way because more than one person's doing it. So I praise God for that. Uh, that's the kind of thing I think He's talking about here. Uh, Moses didn't have time to give in depth discussion to two million people. I mean could not can you imagine the burden that would that would be? Um, so they split it up, and people got better uh, attention. Uh, a lot of churches talk about uh, ministering through the Sunday school and about how that happens, and I think that's great. you know if you can minister to members of your Sunday school class, um, it can it can go a long way. so delegated judgment. Uh, is one way to have good judgment. And then secondly, righteous judgment. Look at verses 16 and 17. He says, I commended your judges at that time. Hear the cases between your brothers and judge rightly between a man and his brother or a foreign resident. Do not show partiality when deciding a case. Listen to the small and the great alike. So in other words, when we're needing good judgment on something we need to do what's right that's kind of a simple concept isn't it but it's an important one um, oftentimes people give partiality to people who have money uh, you remember the situation in James and he says you know if you've got uh, a poor man and you tell him to go sit in the corner and, and on the floor and and you got a rich man you him come sit here in the best seat he says you have you have sinned against God you've shown partiality you're not to do that. You're to treat people fairly and to treat people with love, no matter who they are, no matter what uh, their socioeconomic class is. Or, uh, you know, uh, the, One of the great things about the church of God is that people can come from every walk of life and every kind of background and we can love each other and have unity in the body. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Um, so... We're to do what's right, and and one of the things that we can do in our in our personal lives as as we think about having good judgment is go to the Word of God. If you're making a decision, what is the biblical principle here? Um, what you know? What does God say about what I should do with my money? What does God say about how I should use my time? Uh, what does God say about when to act? You can look at different, uh, different scriptures, Ecclesiastes is a great one, you know. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to, you know, I won't get into all that. But, but you get the idea. So you go to God's Word and you find out, what does God have to say about this? Another great way to determine what is right in this situation is to pray about it. Ask God, Lord, what should I do in this situation? And, and would you give me peace and would you give me guidance and leadership? and uh, sometimes you know you got a pretty thick book here of the bible don't you and you're trying to find guidance well if you pray about it this is this is something i've asked god sometimes to speak to a specific issue in my life and i'll be led to a certain scripture and it just happens to be what i need just happens to be what i need right uh, so, uh, other times, I've, I've uh, asked God to speak to me about a certain thing. You know, what do I need to do in a situation? And I'll hear a message. Or I'll hear somebody give counsel to somebody else. Or, you know, a bunch of different ways. But God has a way, when we have a heart and a desire to do what's right in His eyes, He wants to help us do that, right? If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And that we have the request that we've asked of Him. So uh, take those things to God in prayer. Do what's, do what's right in those situations. Um, Solomon asked God for wisdom. You remember the, the uh, two ladies, one lady uh, rolled over on her, on her baby and her baby smothered to death. So when she realized it, she switched babies with this other woman. And uh, she's, you know in the morning, of course, there's a dispute. They say, hey, you took my baby. No, this is my baby. Your baby's the dead one. And so they take it to Solomon. And uh, Solomon says, well, we'll just cut the baby in half, give one half to each of you. And uh, the, one, the one who had stolen the baby says, yeah, let's just do that. I'm tired of this woman. you know." But the other woman says, hey, give, it, give the baby to her. Well, Solomon had great wisdom. He knew that the mother would be willing to give up the baby in order to protect the baby's life. And so, uh, God gave him wisdom and helped him to, to know how to do the right thing. I think God will do that in our lives as we, as we take those things to him in prayer. And he will help us to have good judgment and wisdom and help us to do the right thing. So, how to have good judgment. First of all, delegated judgment. Secondly, righteous judgment. Thirdly, fearless judgment. 17b, second part of the verse of 17 do not be intimidated by anyone, for judgment belongs to God. Fearless judgment. In other words, when you know what God has shown you to do, and you know that it's right, don't be intimidated by somebody that disagrees. Uh, <laughs> the politically correct police in our, in our country are going around everywhere. You know, hey, you can't say that. You can't do that. And, you know, uh, We don't need to be held captive as Christians To the opinions of people. We need to do what's right. Whether the culture likes it or not. Uh, We need to make right decisions in our family. Whether the culture makes those decisions or not. Um, (laughs) There are going to be times we might be considered old fashioned. Because we make a choice to do something uh, in in a wise way. Or something in a way that that God would tell us to do it. Uh, But if we're doing what God says is right. Right. Uh, It's a wise decision, and it's good judgment. Uh, Fearless judgment. I think of uh, Peter and John. They're preaching the gospel. The Sanhedrin says, hey, you can't do this. We are ordering you in the name of the law. You cannot speak about Jesus Christ. They looked at him, filled with the Holy Spirit. They said, listen, you determine whether it's right for us to listen to you or to listen to God. But we cannot help but speak of these things which we have seen and heard. It's fearless judgment right there. They knew what was right. It was right to proclaim the gospel. And if the government didn't like it or if anybody else didn't like it, they were going to speak the truth of God's word. Paul asked that people pray for him that he might speak the word of God boldly. You might have to pray that prayer if you had been beaten and put in prison and stoned and left for dead. And I would imagine you—you know—people talk about having anxiety problems. If you've been all through all that, you probably had some anxiety problems if you're left to yourself. But he said, "I I pray uh, that I'll have boldness. I ask you to pray that I'll have boldness so that I may speak the word of God as I ought to speak it." without compromise, fearless judgment. Sometimes it may mean doing the thing for your child that makes them mad at you because it's the right thing to do. Or doing that thing for that person, that friend, who may be on on drugs or or alcohol and and confronting them and and saying the difficult things to them because it's the right thing to do as God leads you to do it. But fearless judgment means I've I've taken this to God. I've gotten God's direction on it. I know what God's word says. I sense what God's leading in this situation. So I'm I'm going to step out and do this, even if it's a little intimidating. Now, in, in their case, they were judging individual cases and disputes between people, and Moses is just telling them, "I want you. If you have this rich, powerful man that comes." With a dispute against a poor man, I want you to treat him equally. I don't want you to be intimidated. Why? Because judgment comes from God. This is not about your personal convenience. This is about what's right. Uh, You need to stand for what's right, even if a person is powerful. Um, Fearless judgment. So um, having good judgment involves doing the right thing, even when it costs you. Jesus was the most fearful, I mean, uh, the most bold person that I've probably ever read about. Because he knew the hearts of men. Can you imagine? I mean, it's one thing to hear them, to hear, hey, they're plotting about killing you. It's another thing to know what they're thinking in their hearts. Time and time again, you look in the Gospels, and the Bible says that Jesus Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And yet, he was as bold as he could be. He spoke the truth. He called those very people at one point a brood of vipers. And it was out of the motivation of love. But he was not going to blunt the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Spurgeon used to say, I pray every time I preach that I won't blunt the sword. God, help me not to blunt the sword of the Spirit by being concerned about what people Think um, so. So that fearlessness, and uh, as as we um, make these decisions that God has put upon our hearts to make in a fearless way, God will honor us. What did Jesus say? Rejoice when men revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you, falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets. Before you. Paul told Timothy, Those who would live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. It may be mild, it may be severe, but it will come. So we need to have fearless judgment. And by the way, let me say, I think it is more important now in our nation's history than at any other time that Christians be fearless. Um, we don't need to be intimidated by the media, we don't need to be intimidated by by the, the opinions of this world. We need to be kind, we need to be loving, but we need to tell the truth. And uh, if we will do that, we can be salt and light and make a difference in this world. So, uh, how do you have good judgment? Delegated judgment, righteous judgment, fearless judgment, and finally, humble judgment. Humble judgment. Look at uh, Verse 17 the second part, he says, Moses is talking to them, he says, bring me any case too difficult for you, and I will hear it. That time I commanded you all the things that you were to do. So, uh, what is Moses saying? Part of having good judgment is recognizing when you don't know what you're doing. Um, I remember when I was being trained on how to do the how to check the hydraulic mules in the Air Force. Uh, The guy that trained me said, uh, make sure that this is in the test position before you turn it on. Because if you don't, it will explode in your face and it could kill you. Well, that that got my attention. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be toast. And so uh, I made sure every time I went up to one of those things to check them, that I would shift it from the aircraft mode to the test mode. And, um, and it was so important. Uh, but I recognize, you know, if I'd have just gone up to that thing and turned it on and, and not paid attention to what was going on and not gotten advice and training from somebody who knew more than I did, I'd have been in a world of hurt. But because I, I was able to listen to somebody who, who instructed me, uh, it saved me some heartache. Uh, humble judgment means that I I recognize that I don't know everything there is to know. I had a professor who said, uh, show me a person who thinks they know everything and I'll show you a person who knows very little about anything. Because the more that you learn, the more that you realize you don't know. (laughs) Um, Humble judgment means that I am willing uh, to go and get input from other people, especially input from God. Uh, You know, Somebody says, well, I know God's word says that, but they're not having humble judgment. They're believing in their hearts that they know better what to do than God. Um, humble judgment means that, that uh, I recognize that there are people who are better gifted on certain things than I am. And, and that's, that's something that these men would have to know. That's why they had to choose wise men, because a foolish man doesn't listen to instruction. He says, Moses says, choose wise men, uh, and then when they have something that they don't know how to handle, they can bring that to me, and I'll deal with, with the tough cases. Um, and so they had to have that recognition of what they didn't know and what their limitations were so that they could make good decisions. Uh, that's so important. Um, when you are making decisions about the things of God, sometimes it's good to get input. Uh, almost always, you know, uh, plans fail for lack of counsel, the Bible says. So get that godly, righteous counsel. Go to the right, right people for that counsel, To godly people, uh, and, and have them speak into your life. And ultimately, ask God to show you his will and his wisdom in that circumstance. And go to his word uh, and listen to what he says to you uh, and follow it. That's a humble, uh, humble judgment, a humble heart. Um, isn't it interesting that God often led people to do things that didn't make sense in human terms? You ever thought about that? Yeah, Joshua, uh, your first battle, I I want you to walk around the city. Once a day, for seven days, and then on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, then blow trumpets and shout, and the walls will come down that sounds like a completely idiotic plan doesn't it i mean if somebody came to you and you were thinking you know we're going to come up with a military strategy for the united states troops to to use overseas and somebody came up with that strategy you would probably laugh and say are you crazy it makes no sense whatsoever and yet that's exactly what god led them to do and can i tell you something Joshua made a good decision because what happened? When he obeyed God, walked around once the first day, once the second day. Uh, I kind of wonder what the feedback was. But anyway, uh, seven days in a row, I'm a pastor. I know about that. I get feedback from time to time. And uh, people that are, but I'm sure at two million people, there had to be people that came up to Joshua and said, You have lost your mind. What are you doing? But he obeyed God. The seventh day, seven times around. Blew the trumpets, shouted, the walls came down. (laughs) What seemed foolish was actually very wise. It was a good decision. God says, uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Um, the wisdom of this world is as foolishness to God. The wisdom of God is as foolishness to the world. So we definitely need to be humble when we come uh, to things that we're making decisions about in the spiritual realm because a lot of times God may lead us to do something that absolutely makes no sense to us in human terms. And so we've got to be willing to listen to God and be humble enough to risk rejection. That's a big thing, isn't it? I, You know, uh, I think that's one reason people don't witness more. We just, we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid, well, what if this person laughs at me? What if this person says something to me? And what if this person thinks I'm crazy? I'm some kind of religious nut or religious fanatic. Uh, what's going to happen? What's my reputation? What are they going to talk about? What are they going to say about me around the break table at work if I truly sell out to Jesus Christ. And and, and that humble decision-making sometimes carries with it a risk. Uh, God often does things in an unexpected way. God used Peter to preach the first sermon that brought revival in the early church, the very one that denied him that denied Christ three times. You and I probably wouldn't have chosen Peter. I mean, he was constantly sticking this fit in his mouth. He'd failed God these three times. After bragging to everybody that he was going to be faithful, he blew it. He totally failed. A Baptist church committee probably would never have appointed Peter as the first spokesman of the first message that would bring the Spirit down in power upon the people of of Jerusalem. But God chose him. And so that's why we need to listen to God. That's why we need to listen to his word because uh, sometimes what God wants to do is different than what we would do. Um, I would rather follow God than follow the advice of an expert in a book. Uh, Have you ever had somebody tell you Five steps to fill in the blank. You follow these five steps, I'm going to guarantee you this is what's going to happen. Have you ever followed those five steps and whatever was in the blank didn't happen? I have, many times. I finally got frustrated with it. I thought, well, you know, I'm tired of everybody's five steps. You know, I, it, but, but isn't it amazing that when we follow God and when we do what he tells us to do, God brings about a supernatural result. Um, and sometimes it makes no sense. And and the five steps, you know, people, people do this all the time. They'll, well, we need to do it like this church over here, right? Well, let's go to this conference. I'll hear five steps about how to do this at this church. And then I'll go put, do it in my church. But guess what? That may not be God's plan for your church, right? So... Uh, People are constantly doing this, and they're going in a vicious circle, when if they just ask God, Lord, what is your plan? Um, this is so important to listen to what God would say to us. Um, all right, uh, so God says, I, listen, I want you to make good decisions, and so I'm going to tell you about delegated judgment, righteous judgment, fearless judgment, and humble judgment. And as you do these things, you will make better decisions as as my children. And your nation will be blessed. Um, Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. You could say that of a church. Blessed is the church whose God is the Lord. Not public opinion. Not what somebody else says, but what God says. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Uh, When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Can I tell you, I'd rather have a righteous ruler that knows a little bit less about foreign policy. I'm not talking about a specific person, by the way. But I'd rather have them know a little bit less about foreign policy and be sold out to Jesus Christ. Because I believe if they're listening to him, they'll be a good leader of our country. Um, So important. So. Uh, as, we do, as we plug these things in in our lives, we'll make better decisions as individuals, as families, as church. Um, ask God about all of it. Don't let any, any aspect or area of your life fall through the cracks. Um, God cares about the details. He cares about the number of hairs on your head, so he cares about the things you're concerned about. Take those burdens to him and ask him about it. Um, you're having trouble with, it, with one of your kids, take it to God. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do about this situation. I don't know how uh, to help my child become the person you want them to be. Would you give me wisdom? Would you show me what to do? Um, I heard the, a story uh, on the radio one time of this lady now, this, is, this has happened in my life as well, uh, but uh, she was talking about, and of course her situation was different, but uh, she was talking about how her daughter had rebelled and would, just would not listen to them at all, and how uh, she was going and doing these destructive things, and, and so she was asking God about it one day, and, and he told her, your daughter doesn't believe that you love her. Just, she just sensed that in her spirit. No audible voice, but she just sensed that that's what God was saying to her. So she began to go out of her way to show love to her daughter. And a complete change came about in her daughter's behavior. Can I tell you something? God knows what's in the heart of our kids. God knows what's in the heart of your spouse. God knows what's in the heart of that person that you work with. Um, take these things to God in prayer. God knows how to handle the hard situations that we don't know how to handle. Um, I talked about Jonathan and his armor bearer this morning. It wasn't Jonathan and his armor bearer's great military prowess that brought the victory. It was the God that they served. And when he went up before them, all the rest of it fell into place. So, how to have good judgment? We look to God. We use delegated judgment, righteous judgment, fearless judgment, and humble judgment. And as we do, we'll make better decisions, we'll walk more in the will of God, and we'll have more of his power upon our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Father, to have good judgment, to delegate or to be delegated to. As you